Why is it we humans get romanced by complexity when the answers can be found at a simple and practical level? This is the Simply Practically Human podcast, where the human manager, Mark Labasque, features experts who have a track record in humanising workplaces, using simplicity and practicality as their go-to approach. It's all about getting back to what it is to be human and watch workplaces thrive rather than just survive. In this episode of Simply Practically Human, Mark talks to the founder of the Humans First Club, Mike Vacanti, about why he's on a mission to create a global community that will find their collective voices to help lift up humans in the workplace. Mike shares his three go-to tips for bringing more human into the workplace. Hi there, it's Mark Labusque here for the Simply Practically Humans podcast. And I'm delighted today to be joined by my good friend, Mike Vacanti, a speaker, consultant, and founder of the Humans First Club. Mike, thanks for coming on. I'm happy to be here, Mark. It's fun to have a conversation. Fantastic. I just wanted to kick off, perhaps we can talk a little bit about how we met. In the essence of, if we think about simply and practically the way things work and, and this concept of connection, we connected through some fellow friends on LinkedIn. And then, you know, what happened from there? I'd love you to maybe just talk a little bit about your version of what happened from that point on. Yeah, it's it's fun to think back, Mark, because it was a year ago. It was May and I was I was in New York and I was in Claude Silver's office and we were having a conversation. And, and she said, there's this friend of mine in Australia that you have to meet. You guys are cut from the same cloth. You're like brothers. And so we connected after that. We started having conversations. And, you know, right from the start, I became very excited and enamored, really, with the work that you're doing and the book about humanizing the workplace. And gosh, just to start to heal and bring some people to the surface and change the way we do business. And to those conversations, you had a trip planned to the U.S., you and Claude and I decided it would be fun to do something together. Jill Katz joined us, and October 18th, uh, we were together in a beautiful room on the 45th floor of the World Trade Center with a room full of 60 people talking about what it's like to be human in the workplace. Yeah, look, I remember that fondly, and I think um, the interesting thing was that prior to that, maybe even the day before, prior to that, we'd not really met each other in the flesh and, and just the way I think we connected. And there's, an, there's a wonderful photo of the four of us together just before we went uh, into that room that I think epitomises what happens when when humans come together and be connected. And, and I think that other thing is feeling that strong sense of belonging. I'd love you to talk to the listeners about this Human First Club, Mike. I think it's an amazing group and it's an amazing movement that you've created and the momentum that's starting to build with that I'm sure the listeners would like to know more. So please, um, please share. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And thank you for saying you or me, but it, it was us, right, Mark? It was those conversations we were having building up to, let's just do something fun and different and cool in New York together that hasn't been done. How can we open up the room to have conversations that somehow aren't allowed? And it was through that whole process of our discussions and planning that other people started catching on and, and saying, well, what are you guys doing in New York? That sounds really interesting. And, and then people started raising their hands saying, I want to do that in my city, in Seattle and Dallas and Denver and L.A. And, you know, now it's people raising their hands all over the world, Mark. And it, it's amazing that it's just caught fire on its own. It's a program of attraction, not promotion. Certainly, we let people know that we're going to have these events that 
have been every month now. We have the seventh one coming up next week in Charlotte. Another group of, you know, 50, 60, 70 people will get together and we'll infuse the dialogue with some good heart-based and, and, and loving speakers. And then uh, we'll open it up to the room. And in this case, we're going to be talking about what does inclusive leadership mean? What does that look like? How can we bring that forward? Perhaps um, as this momentum's built, like, you know, this concept that you started with, and I remember we walked out of the first one having a chat out the front and sort of talking about exploring what might this end up looking like. And I'm sure you're starting to get a bit of a feel for that, Mike, right now about what is happening, the momentum, you know, the places that you've been to, the interest that you're getting. What, where do you see the Humans First Club in 12 months' time or two years' time? What do you think? Yeah, it, uh, I remember that conversation we had, and you said, I, I really think you're onto something here. And I didn't want to be prescriptive about it, right, Mark? I, I wanted to just protect kind of the purity of it and almost treat it like an infant, right? Just let it grow into what it's supposed to become and in a very counterintuitive way, not apply all my business experience or knowledge to that. It, I, I treated it more like a, a discovery and an exploration. And I think that purity has kind of been the draw to it and why people have you know, been sharing the experiences they're coming away with, Mark, saying that was, that was a life-changing event, right? Which kind of blows my mind. I, that's pretty profound that by just allowing people to open up and, and you know, share openly who they are, what they're feeling in a room full of strangers, it's amazing that it happens. It's really encouraging and exciting that people feel the permission and are doing the thing that they most desire that somehow we shut out of the workplace. Yeah, I think it's a great thing, Mike. And, you know, it takes a human being with special qualities. And, and I think a story behind that as to why why you've created this movement, but coming from something in in, in the story of, of Mike Vacanti. So perhaps just share a little bit about your backstory. I think the listeners, again, would love to know a bit more before we get into your tips on being simple and practical in the workplace. Give the listeners a little bit about your story and how you've got to where you are. Thank you. It, you know, it's interesting because you, we're all just product of our environment and we go through life and there's, there's changes, right? So it, I haven't always had this thought in mind. It's not always the way I did business. You know, I was a pretty rough and tumble hockey player and kind of that sports machoism mentality is you know, the way I lived through my 20s in business. And and it was, you know, very ego-based and you just kind of chase stuff for yourself and on your own. When I got into, uh, uh, you know, I had my own marketing company for 13 years through my 30s and, and you know, into my early 40s before I got into this whole uh, mergers and acquisitions. And I think that's where a switch kind of flipped in, Mark, after all those you know, a couple of decades of entrepreneurship and just living and doing the things that I wanted to do, learning a lot about business and people. But when I was thrust into those mergers and acquisitions and responsible for large teams of people that were operating in, you know, absolute chaos, right? So fear and doubt about what's going to happen now that these companies are together. Who are you, this new boss? I, I don't like you from the start because I don't know you and I don't like the situation. And I, I think that's where I started to understand that it's not business orchestration that's going to help get these people through to where they need to be. It's listening to them and understanding what experience they're having. And, and what I 
realized is five different times I went through that and my teams always did phenomenally well. And uh, it wasn't until I was finished with the fifth one, which was three years ago. And I was, Mark, I was looking for a job, right? So I was pushing hard to have somebody hire me and there weren't any takers. So I realized that I'm going to have to uh, shift into consulting mode again and and do something on my own. So I hired a coach and we kind of dissected those five experiences and did it really deep 360. So 40 packets went out to people, picked packets of, you know, what was your experience? What happened because of my eating? And uh, I learned a lot about myself. And what I found is the things that mattered most were these things that we're talking about now. So three years ago is when I decided to start teaching that program. And then connections are amazing, right? So that's how I ended up in dialogue with the people that ended up bringing us together. And then you and I grow and I learn from you and we have more experiences. And gosh, look at that, the network that surrounds us now, Mark. It's, it's a global network of people that, you know, are, are business leaders and influencers and authors. There's such a wide range of, of people that are very diverse, that are at different stages in life age-wise and everything else, it's, you know, we're, we're having conversations that don't have any barriers. And it, in a lot of ways, I think it's, you know, this whole thing's just kind of happening to me because I'm open to it and, yeah. and allowing. It's a really good point around, and certainly from having experienced humans first um, in the flesh, and, and also hearing about the other ones, is the ability for us human beings to walk in with an openness, to explore, to wonder what things could be like if we just stopped and reflected for a moment. You know, I talk about this whole idea of how we choose to be, you know, our choice to be open and just the opportunities that brings. And I think this forum and this movement that you're creating is is giving people not just the opportunity to be open, but I think there's an opportunity for hope here as well. And um, and it's, again, a simple thing, Mike, this idea of hope. I'd like you maybe just to talk. I know you use that word quite a bit, this idea of hope, if you could share your thoughts on that with, with our listeners. Yeah, hope has been the theme that has kind of emerged for me. And it's just a true statement of how I feel when I go in and, and see a, you know, a group of 60, 70 people that um, are not really quite sure why they're in the room, but it, something about it looked interesting. And I think there is hope that things can be better. And there's many degrees of better. But the whole learning, I think, is a big part of it. And hopeful for positive change is it's really just that simple. Can, can we stop doing the things that are causing the harm, that are creating toxic workplaces, that are stressing people to the point of illness, and in some cases even death, if we look at some of the research by Jeffrey Pepper and, and some of the other materials out there. You know, the hope is that we can pause for a second and find a better way to be, to be with each other and to be present in our lives. I think it's fantastic. And it's, again, this is a very nice lead. So I thank you for this into this whole guts of these podcasts, which is about simple and practical ways to improve the workplace. So I want to really focus in on how do we put humans first? So given your background and and the amazing work you did with those five teams, I'd love you to share some of your secrets and just what would be the three tips that you would give to the listeners, simple, practical things 
that allowed you to put humans first in the workplace. And, and I like that because simple and practical is really where it has to go, right, Mark? I, I look at it like as quickly as we can get people to understand what switch they're flipping, right? You flip it up or you flip it down. So what are those beliefs that we have? Are they serving us or not serving us? Are they good or bad? Do we want to make them better or make them worse? You know, it's just those two words together. It's a switch. So on the belief, it's those things. Intent is really important. What do we intend to do when we get up during the day? Do we tend to just survive or do we intend to go do something good? So I, I like to, you know, the simple practical thing there, Mark, is are we going to empower people today or are we going to control people today? Right? Are we going to allow them to be their best selves or are we going to tell them how to be? And it, it, right, it's an on-off switch. It's, it's really that easy. So is it fear or is it love? What's my intent for today? Are we going to innovate or are we going to orchestrate? And, and so I've, I've really learned by listening to all of these hundreds of people talk openly in these sessions that that truly does resonate. Those are the things that I tried to stay consistent when I was leading teams through mergers and acquisitions is letting them each person know that they matter. They're not going anywhere. I was given the riff lips, right? It's like, these people aren't going to make it, Mike. So whenever you see fit, you can discard them. And a lot of those people I didn't discard. I got to know them. I let them in and uh, found out who they were, found out what barrier they were, they were facing. Uh, so the intent was to empower them, not control them, it was to innovate what we were doing, not orchestrate. And, and then the third, so it's belief, intent, and then what are our actions? And again, the, the simple switch there is, am I going to extract value with the people I engage with, or am I going to create value with the people that I engage with? Those are, those are the choices we get to make. And when we set our mind to it, get up and live every day like that, amazing things happen around us. I think it's, um, uh, uh, these are some great points. Thank you, Mike, for that, for our listeners. And if I'm trying to think of a common theme that's coming up here from you, it's this is about looking back towards you rather than looking outwards. And, 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 you know, what do you think it is that when we get into the workplace, we tend to look more outwards at what's going on than looking back towards ourselves. And what you said before, which I think is super important for the listeners, is flipping that switch to inwards rather than outwards. Why do you think it is that human beings have such a challenge and so much difficulty to be able to do that in the workplace? Yeah, patterns develop over time, right? And it seems like we let the circumstances outside of us control us. So we end up reacting to all of that stimulus instead of finding your own best starting point and, and going out and affecting those circumstances rather than just responding to them. Be present, be in charge, be vulnerable. It's not going to hurt that bad, whatever happens. They're trying to control our circumstances, trying to control other people that will fit into what we want rather than understand what they want. Fantastic. So this whole idea of rather than trying to control, try to understand. I think that's a really important point for our listeners here is that moment when you feel like you've got to be in control, perhaps you should let go of control and just listen 
and just stop and reflect to understand rather than control. It's interesting because control is really an illusion, right? The greatest freedoms we have are choice. And the real choice we have every day is how am I going to show up? What's my attitude? And how am I going to treat others? And when we start our day with good intent, not bad intent, you know, what we find is people respond differently to us. Our circumstances change for the better without us having to control it. Thanks for that. The, uh, I think about this saying that the enemy of simplicity is complexity. And we seem to be, I think, as a species, looking for that next complex thing, that, that shiny thing that flies past us that we see, and we have to go after that. And, the, and what do you think is drawing human beings in the workplace towards complexity rather than towards the the things you've talked about the simple things why are we getting romanced by complexity it, it seems to have built over time right we're a brilliant species right i mean we're, we're really smart people and what we've created over time with processes and systems and the technologies we've built it you know we've used our minds extremely well to do brilliant things we forgot that the real power in our life is actually the heart, right? I mean, the, the, the heartbeat, the heart and soul of people, of business, is actually what's going to drive the good thinking. The complexity in our lives has seemed to have sped up all around us, right? We're, we're more connected than ever, yet we don't seem to connect on an emotional level anymore. We see each other all the time. We have all these different tools and capabilities to be connected with people all around the world, but we don't have the intent to, to really open up our hearts to other people and be there for others, to lift them up. It seems like there's, again, uh, you know, we, we want to control and we want to take. And I think that has been a business norm for a long time. And when businesses learn to open up, and give, they'll grow. And each decision they make is going to lead to grow. How do we expand rather than maximize, right? So we want efficiencies. We're going to maximize this. We're going to work our, through our effectiveness. We're, you know, we're going to be bottom line focused. And that's all well and good. But if you want your business to grow, I would say think of expansion, not control or maximization. And that's just a whole different philosophy. Yeah, fantastic. Look, thanks for sharing that. I think uh, my last guest also spoke about this whole idea of this, you know, the technology. And whilst we're more connected in some ways today and we can get information quicker, we're actually less socially connected. And I think you've, you've summarised that exceptionally well. Let's finish off with this. After hearing some of your thoughts today, my listeners, I know, are going to want to know, where do we find Mike Vacanti? What does he do? Where, where, where do we go? So... Give us the platforms, mate. Where do we find you? What's the best way to get in touch? How do we get involved with this Humans First movement that's happening around the world? My consulting business is mjvacanti.com. So there's, there's a website. There's a form on there. I'm on social media, so easy to find on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. And then the, the humansfirst.club is the event website. And that is a place, Mark, that just belongs to all of us and it is for the people that show up it's it's not mine 
it's not yours, it's ours. It's as much for us as everybody. And, you know, like I say, it's, it's the least exclusive club you'll ever join. Everybody's welcome. And now we're going to launch a platform where people can engage with each other. So all these people that have attended the events or raise their hands from, you know, other cities where we haven't been able to get to live, that they can find each other and have more of these discussions, maybe get beyond some of the noise that's out there and, and know that there's like-hearted people that, that connect. So that's the humansfirst.club. The humansfirstplayground.com is going to launch next week in conjunction with the Charlotte event. So please look at MJ Vacanti or the humansfirst.club. There's forms on there and I'd be happy to respond and I think it's fantastic. We talked before about the fact we're more connected through technology, but the way you're using technology to connect people with good intention. I think this is a really important point is that we're not anti-technology, we're not anti-using these platforms, but using them, as you said before, you have a choice, you have an intention, if it's good intention. And I think that's what Humans First Club, Humans First Playground is going to do, is using technology to connect people like we did after Claude spoke to you, the way we connected. So Mike, super to have you on this podcast. I think there's some amazing takeaways here for our listeners around the simple and practical things that you've learnt to do and that you have done for other human beings in order to put humans first. So um, mate, great to have you on. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. You know, I light up every time we talk. So this is just a real treat. I appreciate it. Hey, it's Mark here again. Thanks for listening to the Simply Practically Human podcast. If you liked it, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, share it with your friends and maybe subscribe to our uh, podcast series. It was great to have Mike Vacanti on the show today and I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. And I'm looking forward to bringing you the president of Turner Mining Company in Indiana, USA, Keaton Turner, into our next episode. But until then, keep it simple, keep it practical and keep it human. Bye for now.